Welcome back to Living Lean. This is your host, Jeremiah Bear. Today, we're talking about a topic very near and dear to my heart, a huge part of what I do as a nutrition coach, and that is periodizing nutrition. Truly, this is the thing that 99% of the people who come to me to who start nutrition coaching are missing. This is the thing that's keeping so many people from building the lean, strong bodies that they want. Now, before we get into the podcast, before we get too deep into the topic of periodizing nutrition, I have two huge favors to ask of you. First, if you're someone that's enjoying this podcast, you've taken a lot of value from this, do me a huge favor. Help me reach more people and provide the same value that I've given you by taking a screenshot of this, sharing it on your Instagram story, and tagging me. So one, I can connect with you, connect with everyone that's listening to this, and two, we can help grow this podcast together. And second, right now, today being Monday, when you're listening to this, hop on my Instagram story, ask me some questions. I have a question box up. I want to help. I will answer questions on Friday's Q&A. The whole purpose of this podcast is to give you as a listener as much value as possible. So any questions, nutrition, training, mindset you have, just drop them in the question box on my Instagram story. I got you. And all that said, let's get into the topic of periodizing nutrition. So like I mentioned, nutrition periodization is a huge part of what I do with my online clients. It's a huge part of what we do when you start nutrition coaching with me to actually get you sustainable results. We don't really have a weight loss problem in America, in the world. It's more a problem of keeping it off. There's a lot of scary statistics thrown out there. Some saying up to 95% of the people who lose weight eventually regain it. And I believe it's 80% actually regain more than they originally lost. So this tells us that our current approach to diets, our current approach to fat loss is broken. Now, to be clear, I'm not at all saying that calories in, calories out doesn't matter or anything like that because obviously the most important factor, like we've talked about a lot already on this podcast, the most important factor to fat loss is above adherence, of course, controlling your caloric intake. And again, that's not all that matters, but what I am saying is we need to look at things differently than just cut calories really hard for months and months and months until I eventually achieve my goals. Especially if you're somebody that this is a significant lifestyle change for. And this is why I believe that a periodized approach to nutrition is literally the difference between getting temporary fat loss results and being able to sustain a leaner, stronger body for a lifetime. This is why all my clients get such amazing results and they sustain their results. We do things different. So first, let's define periodization or nutritional periodization. So periodization is essentially splitting a period of time up into multiple blocks. And each block is focused on creating a different adaptation or outcome. But all of these blocks synchronize to push you towards one specific goal at the end of a set time period. So for example, within programming for like when I'm writing a training program, we can have a long-term goal of squatting a specific weight. But that doesn't mean, okay, every every week, twice a week for the next eight months, you're going to hit a four-by-five four squats 
No, like we break that up into, okay, here's how we're increasing intensity, decreasing volume. Maybe we'll go through a high volume phase. Obviously, we'll need to deload at times to make sure that you can fully adapt and that we're not pushing the training stimulus too far. We have all these different blocks of training that are pushing us towards one overarching goal. But if you did the same thing constantly for months and months on end with your training, like most people know, that's not a good idea, right? The same thing applies to nutrition. But the funny thing is most of us don't look at nutrition like that. Again, our current diet culture seems to be, okay, I want to lose weight. I'm going to be in a giant calorie deficit until I achieve that result and then I'm done. (laughs) But as we've seen, as we've talked about for the first five minutes of this podcast pretty extensively, that is really not how it works. So let's get into how to apply periodization to your own nutrition, how I apply this to clients to help them achieve better aesthetics, better health, better hormones, a faster metabolism, and most importantly, results that you can actually sustain. So talking about periodization is essentially having a deeper strategy than go hard at X until I achieve Y. We're splitting all this up into multiple blocks. So I'm going to walk you through the multiple blocks that we apply within nutritional periodization, just so you can have a good idea of how you can apply these to yourself. So first and foremost, and we're really going to take you through almost the client journey here. So I would say this is the most, now everything I do with clients is individualized, so I can't give you like the exact script. This is exactly what we do, macros, periodization, go. But here's a general idea of when you start nutrition coaching with me, and let's say you're someone like most of the people that I take on that want to get leaner, stronger, more confident, this is a general idea of what your periodization looks like. So when you start, our first block is the primer phase. Now, credit where it's due here, I took the term primer phase from Steve Hall of Revive Stronger, great podcast if you don't listen to it already. Now, The length of the primer phase really depends on the client's experience, lifestyle, exact goals, and your nutrition and training history. So this, again, is very individualized to you as a client. So if I bring on a lot of the clients that I coach are other coaches, they're more advanced, they already have a pretty good idea of the habits that are necessary, how to make quality food choices, how to track accurately, things like that. So in that case, the primer phase will typically be shorter, but Let's take you through what you're trying to learn with the primer phase first, why we do this right out of the gate. So in our primer phase, number one, we just want to build a good foundation. The reality is many new fat loss clients just aren't ready for an intense fat loss phase right out of the gate. If I just gave someone like a brand new client that had never tracked macros before, struggled to make quality food choices had none of the necessary habits in place, if I just gave that client right out of the gate fat loss macros, like, okay, hit, within five grams of this protein goal, this carb goal, this fat goal, go. That client would very, very likely not be very successful with me. They'd be overwhelmed, and they wouldn't have all these habits in place that were necessary to actually make this work. As a new client, most of the time, you need time to be educated on proper food choices to fuel your body how to track your macros accurately, how to manage life stressors, how to make your training and recovery work 
and really how gives, this gives us time to identify and change any behaviors or habits that have really held you back in the past. So this is little things like, okay, you're eating pretty sporadically. So we see like one day you're not eating very much, but in the next day, maybe you're way overdoing it with the calories. Maybe you're struggling to get protein. All this little stuff that's the quote unquote low hanging fruit that we can clean up right away. And for relatively little effort in the primer phase, when we're looking at those low hanging fruit habits, you'll achieve a much better place mentally and physically, and you have a good education and grasp of the tools that you need to be successful in the fat loss phase. Now, another one of our big goals in the primer phase is really recovering from your last diet. So depending on how long ago you dieted, and most importantly, how lean you got, the primer phase is essential to setting you up for another successful fat loss diet. So the recovery of many of your hormones like testosterone, cortisol, your thyroid hormone, along with your metabolism and really just regaining your lean mass, which is honestly, when we're talking about regaining or increasing your metabolism, a huge part of it is actually just regaining any lean mass that you lost while dieting along with fat mass as well, because a bigger body takes more calories to move both inside and outside of the gym and your BMR will slightly increase. But Anyways, the idea here is if you just got done with an intense diet, you lost a lot of fat and you potentially lost a decent amount of muscle, you're not ready to diet again. We need to give you time to at least eat around maintenance, if not in a slight surplus, increase your lean mass while staying relatively lean and get your hormones and your metabolism back up to a healthy place. And this can really take anywhere from two to six months. So sometimes the client will start, they've already been pushing very hard, they've already gotten very lean, and they're just not ready to diet yet. And that's the reality of this. When you start coaching with me, we always have to look at your health first and foremost. Another big one here is just your mindset. So many clients start nutrition coaching with me that have failed a ton in the past as a product of all these diets that promote the all or nothing mindset. Now, here is really where I'm calling out all these different diet camps because so many times people start a diet that say, okay, you can't eat this food, this food, this food, and often those are foods that these people enjoy. So for example, we're gonna use keto as an example here. If you love carbs, but you've heard keto is great for weight loss, and I'm guessing very many people have listening to this podcast have gone through this because I know I've started a ton of clients that have told me this exact story. This is probably the most common thing people tell me when they start. I started the keto diet, but I couldn't stick to it. I love carbs. And then I just fell off the wagon completely because I couldn't stick to my diet. That is all or nothing thinking. The reality is, if you're in that mindset, you're never going to be able to sustain your results. That's why I always tell people on our initial strategy call, the most important thing here is that we, we give you something you can stick to for the rest of your life with your nutrition. That's how we create results that you can actually sustain long-term and we don't fall into this pattern of yo-yo dieting that so many people get stuck stuck in. And I also like to tell people, like, all my clients, the ones that have the best results, like, I have never had a single client come through this coaching program that hasn't had a bad week. They haven't had a couple days where they fell off their macros or missed a day of training. It's okay. The only time that turns into like permanent failure is when you let it make you say, screw it. I'm giving up. I fell off the wagon. No, like 
if 80 to 90% of the time you can be dialed, you can focus on your training, you can push hard in the gym, and you can hit the macros that I give you, you'll get great results. You don't have to be perfect to achieve these results, you just have to be consistent. And finally, when we're talking about the primer phase, a big part of this is just optimizing metabolic capacities. So this is something that I learned from Cliff Wilson, but really think of your metabolic capacity like the gas tank of your car. So anything you can do to create fat loss is in the metabolic gas tank, so to speak. So the amount of cardio you can do to, or the amount of cardio you can add to your routine, the amount of calories you can deduct from your intake, those all go in the metabolic gas tank. So when a new client starts coaching, maintaining their weight on relatively high calories, and they're not doing very much cardio, they have a very full metabolic gas tank. But if you start coaching looking for fat loss, but you're already eating extremely low calories, you're doing tons of cardio, your tank is essentially empty. There's not a lot more we can do to create more fat loss without it being very detrimental to your hormones, your psychology, your lean muscle, and your health. Health. So if this is the case for you, you do need to spend some time in the primer phase and really focusing on refilling your metabolic tank by increasing your calories and decreasing cardio before starting a fat loss phase. Like, and this is kind of a cheesy analogy, but starting a trip with, trip with an empty gas tank really means you won't make it very far before things stall. So most often the case here, like I talked about earlier, is just when somebody's coming off of a previous diet, and again, they're already not eating very much, they're already pretty damn lean, they're already doing a lot of cardio, it's like, hey, we're probably not in a good place to push it, you're probably better off to actually go to a maintenance phase or even a slight surplus and focus on building more lean muscle. We can focus on this later and long term you'll like how your physique looks better that way anyways, but that's something we'll get into a bit down the road from now. So once we're done with the primer phase, and again, as you got from all of that, this is very individual to where you're coming from as a client, so I can't give you a specific time frame, but the primer phase lasts anywhere from two weeks to three months for most clients. I would say two to four weeks is a good baseline for most people. By four weeks with most new clients that are coming to me in a good place, they haven't been dieting too hard, they're not crazy lean, but just a client that needs to clean up their habits a bit, change their mindset, we can absolutely accomplish that in the first month. A client that comes to me that already has a good handle on all this is just ready to push it. Sometimes it's just one to two weeks. So it really does vary there. Next, we have the fat loss phase. So this is essentially the quote unquote diet. This is the sexy part. This is why everybody comes to you as a coach. You want to drop fat, you want to get abs, but we also have to realize this is a large amount of stress on your body, both physically and psychologically, which again is why periodizing this is so important. We don't want you always dieting. I always tell clients, think of fat loss phases as a tool within nutrition coaching that we use to help you achieve the results you want, but you need to think of primer phases, maintenance phases, diet breaks, and refeeds as the tools we use that help you maintain the results you achieved, along with, like we talked about before, optimal health, better hormones, and metabolism. So we create results in the diet phase, but to maintain those results, all these other aspects of periodization are just as important. Now, 
the length of your fat loss phase really depends on how much fat you're looking to lose. So generally a good speed of weight loss for most people is 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week, which I found generally equates to three fourths to two and a half pounds of weight loss per week. Losing slower than this often makes it hard to keep your client's motivation high as changes week to week are barely noticeable. And when we're talking about adherence and getting buy-in from clients, like actually seeing progress is a huge part of that. So going so slow for most people is just as unsustainable as losing crazy fast. So I would urge you, if you're a coach, to not let this go so slow unless your client is already bought in on this taking a very long time. Now, that said, slower rates, quote unquote slower, so again, 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week, rates of weight loss are associated with you being able to build or maintain more muscle. You'll be able to eat more food, you'll train harder, and you'll have to do less cardio. So this leads to you training better, better recovery, and keeping more strength and more muscle. So in turn, when you hit your fat loss goals, you'll have a body that looks leaner, feels stronger, and faster metabolism because you have more muscle. We also reduce the stress on your body when we keep calories a bit higher. Like we talked about, fat loss is very stressful on your body, both physiologically and psychologically. Extreme diets can drastically alter many hormones and your overall health, which again is why going in this range is smart. Now, when we're looking at the length of the fat loss phase, this really varies. But from what we just talked about, we know that if you have 10 to 25 pounds to lose, this usually equates to three to six months in a fat loss phase. If you have 25 pounds or more to lose, this obviously varies a lot by the total weight you have to lose but it'll usually require at least four months in a fat loss phase to lose that much. If you have less than 10 pounds to lose, we can really likely accomplish this in eight weeks, eight to 12 weeks, and just be a bit more aggressive, just get that fat off. Because it's not as big of a deviation from homeostasis, it's not as hard as your body, and it doesn't require such a drastic lifestyle change that it's unlikely you'll be able to maintain these results. So when we're talking about setting up the fat loss phase, we also have to look at caloric periodization within the fat loss phase. And I know this is getting a bit complex, periodization within periodization, but I promise you this is important. So when you diet, you experience something called metabolic adaptation. This is your metabolism and your hormones downregulating as a response to you eating fewer calories and your body getting smaller or lighter. So Since your body is smaller, it requires fewer calories to fuel all your basal functions. So think things like your heart pumping, breathing. Therefore, your basal metabolic rate is lower. When you're moving your smaller body, it requires less energy. So you burn fewer calories when you're smaller via exercise. So the thermic effect of exercise is lower. You're eating less food, so you burn fewer calories during digestion, Thus, the thermic effect of food is lower. And finally, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, or NEAT, decreases. So, in a subconscious effort to maintain homeostasis and prevent fat loss, really, you'll move less. As you take in less energy or calories, you'll naturally expend less energy. And also, the hormone leptin decreases, 
When leptin drops, your body reduces energy expenditure and levels of ghrelin, aka the hunger hormone, rise. So obviously this makes you hungry, which makes dieting more difficult. The increased hunger signal is another mechanism your body uses to try to maintain its body fat. And ev- evolutionarily, it makes sense for your body to want to hold on to body fat as periods of food scarcity could be in the near future. Whereas now, that's not really the case. Unfortunately, our bodies are still set up to try to maintain body fat. Your cortisol levels also rise. Cortisol is the stress hormone. So while some cortisol is good, the devil is really in the dose here. Since dieting is a stress, dieting is associated with increased levels of cortisol and constantly elevated levels of cortisol lead to more of ghrelin, the hunger hormone being released, poor training, poor recovery, and poor sleep, which in turn leads to even more hunger and even fewer calories burned as you just have less energy. And the longer you diet, the more body fat you lose, the more pronounced all these adaptations get. Now, to add to all of these physiological adaptations, honestly, the biggest thing for most people is dieting is just hard mentally. And truly, this is the biggest thing that stalls people's fat loss. After a certain amount of time, you're really just sick of dieting. In your biofeedback that I have you track, when you're an online client with me, we'll start to see like, okay, motivation levels are dropping. Maybe mood is dropping. Now, while some of that is a product of the calorie deficit and your body just changing a lot, some of it is just a product of getting burnt out mentally, diet fatigue. So this is where calorie periodization comes into play. Basically, we want to do as much as possible within the diet phase to make sure that you're staying in a good place metabolically, hormonally. We're trying to prevent as many metabolic adaptations as possible. So enter things like refeeds and diet breaks. So when you diet, your muscle glycogen stores become depleted. This is an important fuel source for your training session, so a decrease can hurt your training performance, in turn impacting muscle growth or maintenance. And several hormones that have a big impact on your horm- or on your metabolism, again, primarily leptin and thyroid, are very responsive to carb overfeeding. So when we take refeeds, what we're doing is increasing your calories to maintenance level for anywhere from one to three days. And it's arguable that a three-day a three-day diet or three-day refeed could be classified as a diet break, but we're not gonna split here hairs here. Anyways, when we implement a refeed, we increase your calories to maintenance levels for one to three days, with the increase coming primarily from carbs. And refeeds can really be taken at your discretion every one to two weeks. So the amount of time that I give clients when you online coach with me, when you do nutrition coaching with me, the amount of time I give you a refeed varies. So for someone that just wants to get this done with as quickly as possible, we'll often do a one day refeed. This is mostly just an adherence tool. It allows nutrition clients to work in more foods that they want once a week, and it can increase your training performance a bit, but it doesn't really have much impact on you metabolically or hormonally. Now, when we get into a two-day refeed, my clients that are weekend warriors that like to enjoy their weekends a bit more, this is where I typically set up something like a 5-2 macro split, where five days a week you're in a deficit, two days a week your calories are at maintenance, and again, we're increasing those via carbs. These prevent further metabolic adaptation from happening 
as you diet, but we're also not reducing metabolic adaptation. We're not actually reversing any of it. Again, that said, adherence is the most important factor here. So for my clients that I know won't be able to stick to or that tell me they won't be able to stick to their nutrition strategy, unless they can enjoy their weekends a bit more, this makes the most sense. And then finally, some of my clients will follow 11 days in a deficit, three days at maintenance. Again, the calorie increase comes primarily via carbs because leptin is the most responsive to carb overfeeding. And studies have shown that when we get 72 hours plus of increased carb intake like this, we can actually reverse some of the metabolic adaptations that happen when you diet. So basically this equates to every other weekend for three days, these clients have calories at maintenance. This is my personal favorite approach just because it makes the most sense to keep you in a good place metabolically, hormonally, and also see quick fat loss. But again, the most important factor here is what you can adhere to. Now, we also work in diet breaks into the fat loss phase. This is a very, very important piece that many people are missing. So a diet break, similar to what we just talked about with the refeeds, is a period of time with calories at your maintenance intake. And again, the increases come primarily from carbs, but here we're doing four days or more. Diet breaks have a much greater effect on your hormone levels and on your metabolism than the refeeds due to just it being a longer time frame. So most clients' diet breaks last one to two weeks. Now, there's many studies that have shown much better results, even if it does just come from increased adherence, the Matador diet study being one of the most popular ones. Even if it does just come from increased adherence, people getting much better results intermittently dieting followed by periods of maintenance as opposed to just literally dieting over the same time frame. Now, depending on the length of your fat loss phase, diet breaks are a huge part of what we do to keep you healthy as you keep losing fat and it really keep your adherence high. So not only do we reverse some of the metabolic adaptations that happen when you diet, but again, we keep you in a good place mentally. We help you maintain more muscle mass and you can really just stick to this long-term. Clients coming off of a diet break or even a short maintenance phase always lose so much quicker because one, you're expending more energy, you've been training hard, you're feeling good, you don't have diet fatigue, you're actually excited to go back to the diet after one or two weeks off. So adherence is much higher and clients always crush it coming back to a phallus phase after a diet break. So here's really how I go about implementing calorie periodization in a fat loss phase. So if you have a relatively small amount of weight to lose, I would say this is realistic within 12 weeks or less, and you can lose that 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week. You probably don't need to stress too much about all this. Now, 12 weeks might be pushing it a bit. I would say closer to eight weeks or less. You don't need to worry too much about all this. Just get in, get the work done, get out of the fat loss phase so we can get bring calories back to maintenance and just get you done dieting. That said, most people that start coaching don't fall into this camp. If you have a more moderate time frame, so three to six months, which is more typical for most people, and again, this generally equates to 10 to 25 pounds to lose, implementing something like a 5-2 split, an 11-3 split is a very good idea. It'll help with your adherence a lot, and it'll also provide hormonal benefits. 
And depending on the length of the diet here, a diet break can vary from uh, maybe not necessary. So if somebody's just in a three-month fat loss phase, we'll again just get it done with. But if you're in a six-month fat loss phase, it's very, very, very likely that during that time you'll take at least a one to two week diet break somewhere in the middle of that. As we get closer and closer to four months plus of dieting, taking a diet break just becomes more and more important for allowing you to continue to see progress and to avoid as much adaptation as possible. Now, all this said, you don't really need to be scared of metabolic adaptation. Some of it is inevitable as your body gets smaller, as you eat less, and as you diet, but it is still smart to take all these precautions to keep yourself as healthy as possible. Now, if you have a longer time frame, so let's say 25 plus pounds to lose, again, refeeds are smart, so a 5-2-11-3 split, something like that, you'll definitely take diet breaks in there as well. Again, a one to two week diet break every six to 12 weeks in a fat loss phase is a good idea. And how we gauge how to, something I need to touch on, how we gauge when to take a diet break it's almost always, I've found it almost always falls in this eight to 12 week, week mark for most clients where we'll actually take an extended one to two week diet break. And biofeedback is one of the biggest measures of this. So you'll really see multiple weeks in a row, clients' cravings and hunger increase, motivation decreases, and you'll see adherence isn't good. So typically we'll talk about first week, okay, what's going on here? Then you might need a diet break. Tell me how you're feeling. If we see that for multiple weeks in a row, Typically, that's when we'll take a diet break. And all this is granted that your client has seen good progress. They've actually been in a deficit. Okay, so from there, when a client falls in the category of having a lot more weight to lose, and it really is a dramatic lifestyle and body composition change, we'll often take multiple, if not one maintenance phase during their diet in place of longer diet breaks. So I want to go ahead and get into the maintenance phase, which is essentially the quote unquote diet after the diet, but also something that we work in when clients have larger fat loss goals. I have multiple clients that literally are just now coming off of month long maintenance phases over the last month of December, where all they did was focusing on quote unquote practicing maintenance and just maintaining all the results that they've seen so far. One client that comes to mind so far, she's lost 70 pounds in the last year. We spent this last month just making sure she had all the habits in place to easily maintain that those results so far and also enjoy her holidays a little bit more and she crushed it. So we know going forward like okay, you can for sure maintain this new weight fairly easily. Like she did a great job maintaining it. It wasn't a struggle for her at all. So we know going forward like okay, we're good to push more. We don't need to spend more time at maintenance. But the reality is this is another huge piece that most people are missing post-diet. So, so many people post-diet don't have a strategy. This is a huge part of why having a coach is so important. Post-diet, your body is primed for fat gain. So, like we talked about, as you diet, leptin decreases and hunger increases. Now, this is because your fat, sh- ugh, your fat cells shrink and smaller fat cells produce less leptin. So basically you have a higher appetite and also when our leptin is decreased, we're spending less energy slash burning less calories. And your body post weight loss generally wants to restore its previous weight. 
And again, we'll experience this quote unquote want as excessive hunger signals and super low energy. So this combination, if just left to your own devices, means that we'll often just eat a ton post diet because we don't have any type of structure. We're not moving a lot and we regain body fat very quickly. Now, if you're someone that also got very, very lean, your body will actually preferentially store these calories you take in as body fat. Now, like we've talked about a lot on this podcast, we all have a certain body fat percentage where if we dip below that, we just don't feel good. So if you're somebody that's looking to gain muscle, I'm not encouraging you to like, if you know below this body fat percentage, I feel terrible, then you're probably better served to just stay at that body fat percentage, build some muscle, which we'll talk about in a bit, and then come back to the diet later. Try to get leaner when you have more muscle. It'll be easier. It won't be as much of a push and you'll more like to be able to maintain that in a healthy way. If you're somebody that's just looking to build muscle, you know, you feel terrible with your current amount of leanness. It might make sense to just increase your body fat, but generally most people where you have you down to somewhere that's sustainable, but your body is still, if we're not careful, you can still very easily regain a lot of the fat that you lost in the diet. And this again, just illustrates why having a plan for the diet after the diet is so damn important. It's a huge part of why my clients get such sustainable results. These negative adaptations won't last forever. Again, unless you're below that point where you can, if you're too lean, to the point where you can't feel healthy if you just can't because a large part of our hormones actually come from the total body fat percentage on our body so if that number is too low no matter what you'll just feel like shit so we'll have a certain point if we dip below that like i've said multiple times on this podcast we won't feel good so if you're below that these adaptations will continue but most of us all of us can stay in a body we feel very confident in we can stay lean we can look great without having to feel like that. But we do need a smart plan for the diet after the diet. So one of the biggest focuses post-diet is just practicing maintenance. So literally, we find your new maintenance calorie intake. And I'm going to do a podcast soon that talks about reverse dieting, how we go about this. But basically, over the course of just a few weeks, we bump you up to your estimated maintenance, where you can maintain your body weight at that'll be a lot higher than what you lost at i'm really not generally a fan of very slow reverse dieting like adding 50 to 100 calories a week we're a little bit more aggressive here and we're literally just trying to maintain making sure that you can maintain this new body now this is also a moving target because as we feed you more you'll start moving more you'll start training harder as a response to increased calories. So over the course of a couple weeks, over the course of a couple months, shit, we can slowly increase calories from there, but it's okay, we find maintenance. And then this is a slowly moving target often that's gradually increasing. But our goal is just to make sure, again, that you can maintain all this. And I often push clients to spend at least one to two months in a maintenance phase post-diet just because some huge changes happen here that make your results more sustainable so your hormones just balance out so things like thyroid leptin testosterone increase again your energy levels and the energy you burn through both non-exercise activity thermogenesis and through training intensity increase your hunger decreases 
and the chronic stress on your system dissipates. So essentially your system normalizes that we spend time in maintenance and your body gets used to this new weight. So all these adaptations that we're trying to get you to like this increased hunger, this decreased movement, all these things that would have pushed you to gain all this weight back or a large percentage of it decrease over time and we know that you can maintain your current results. Now, another huge part of this is really just creating new habits. And honestly, this is the biggest thing as well. When we're talking about living lean, it's just a different lifestyle. And even the mindset of maintaining versus losing. Like when you're in a diet, you see yourself losing fat week over week. It's easier to stay motivated. Obviously, if you've dieted, you know it's still a challenge. But for most people, we can see like week to week, okay, dope, my measurements are decreasing, I'm losing weight, this is awesome, this is so rewarding. Whereas when we hit maintenance, for most people, it's like, damn, okay, I'm done dieting. I don't see my body changing week to week like I did before. So let's eat. (laughs) And the reality is like, We have to escape that mindset. So we have to make sure that, one, you get back to a good place hormonally and psychologically, but two, all your habits like, okay, are you still prioritizing protein-dense foods? Are we still prioritizing high-volume, less calorically-dense foods? All these different little things to make sure we have all these habits in place that are actually going to allow you to maintain a lean body are so key. Because again, and this is why we can take it back to even like how you dieted. Like if I just had you following a meal plan of just chicken and broccoli, like as soon as you're done with that, which is, um, this is a whole other rabbit hole we could go down. But the idea here is if we use sustainable methods and you actually learn how to change behavior instead of just quote unquote dieting really hard on a very restrictive diet, that you couldn't see yourself following for more than a few months if we actually use sustainable methods you should have all these habits in place that long term will keep you lean and that is very important now like i mentioned often for clients that have a large amount of weight to lose we'll take intermittent maintenance phases instead of diet breaks so often it'll look something like okay Three months into a phallus phase, we take a diet break. Six months, we take a longer maintenance phase because by that point, you probably lost mm, 30 to 40 pounds. So we're gonna take a longer maintenance phase. Make sure you have all the habits in place to maintain this. Make sure you're in a good place with your health. Then we go back to pushing. Rinse and repeat until you're as lean as you want to be. From here, how this looks for the client journey, from here, generally we go to a building phase or a lean gains phase. So now that you've gotten your desired fat loss outcome and we successfully cemented a leaner version of yourself as your body's new normal, we'll just reassess your goals. And if you're content with where you're at, dope, just keep quote unquote practicing maintenance. But (laughs) the beauty of all of this, the dope thing about fitness is it's a never ending journey for most of us, right? Like the work is the reward, so to speak. It's so fun to always see your body changing and to always find new ways to push yourself. I can also say that a building phase is the biggest thing. I think I've said that about every phase. They're all very important, but the building phase is one thing that anecdotally 
a lot of women that I've coached have benefited a ton from. And if anything, I could say, I don't want to throw any generalizations out there, but most women, again, that I've worked with anecdotally have benefited a huge amount from actually spending some time eating more calories and focusing on building muscle. For some reason, it seems like, and again, this is all anecdotal, many women that I've worked with have for so long just been trying to diet, trying to diet, trying to diet, never focused on building lean muscle. So if that's the case, even when you get as lean as you want, you often still won't have the lean, strong physique that you want because you never took time to actually add any muscle to your frame and eating the calorie surplus is much more conducive to that. So by us actually spending time building muscle, this also helps you get leaner long term because like we talked about, we all have that body fat point where we feel just crappy below, we can't maintain it. But if you have 20 pounds of fat on your body right now and 120 pounds of lean mass, if we increase that to, okay, now you have 130 pounds of lean mass and 20 pounds of fat, your body fat percentage just decreased a lot. Therefore, you're leaner, even if, even though we didn't actually lose any fat. That's the point of all this. We can actually get you leaner, looking better, feeling stronger and more confident overall by actually taking some time to build muscle. It helps your metabolism. Overall, it's just so valuable. So the building phase, the lean gains phase is typically the final block of this periodization model. And again, this depends on the client. Some clients come in and they start a lean gains phase, but this is just with the, the most common client journey that most people take. From there, we'll go like lean gains and then another cut. And then typically people love how they look and we just cycle back and forth between those two. But the whole goal of this was to give you a good understanding of how to apply periodization to both your own nutrition and that of your clients. So I hope this was crazy valuable. I promise you, if you apply these concepts to your own nutrition, it will make a massive difference. If you're someone that's been yo-yo dieting, all these pieces will help tremendously. Now, as always, if you have any questions about how to apply any of this to you, feel free to email me, jeremiah at barefit.com, or just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Jeremiah Bear. That said, that is all I have for you today. This is the Living Lean Podcast. Thank you for tuning in.